Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I am Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic. I'm glad I've never had to go through this kind of hiding a relationship that I'm sure many of our listeners have had to do. Many? I'm I'm sure. I mean, everyone's had to hide a relationship, maybe not from an entire town, but at least from their parents, probably. Mm, I don't, I'm, I, I'm not going to try and... We have a wide and varied uh, listening base. I don't know. I'm not going to say if they've hidden relationships, but it's certainly not easy, as this as this episode shows us. Hi, guys. We are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. For only $2 a month, you gain access to all of our bonus content. Um, trying to... Two bonus... Two monthly bonus episodes. Trying to throw out weekly episode reviews of both Rick and Morty and King of the Hill. And new Simpsons episodes when they are actually airing. And uh, other uh, associated things when I can get when get them out there. I want to thank and thank you to everyone who supports us. This week's episode is Grade School Confidential, episode four F O nine. Originally aired April sixth, nineteen ninety seven. Written by Rachel Pulido, directed by Susie Dieter. Finished fifty seventh in the ratings. Nielsen rating of seven point seven, approximately seven point five million viewing households. It was the fifth highest rated show on Fox that week, following The X Files, Party Five, Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero, and Melrose Place. Of course. Your favorite shows. Mm-hmm. Party of Five, especially. I know you love that Party of Five. You like that Matthew Fox. Yeah, that's me. He was in Lost, too. Who did he play in Lost? Was he the main guy? Yeah, he was Jack. Oh, okay. I only watched, like, one episode of Lost, I think. What, you only watched exactly one episode? Did you watch the first episode? Yes, it was the first okay. episode. I'm like, if you just watched a random episode of Lost, you would, that's... Yep, season, th- season three, episode 18. It's <laughs> the only one I watched. You'd I'm be, very confused. You would be very lost if you only watched one episode of Lost. And frankly, there's there's really good Lost, and then there's also really bad Lost, so it's hard to recommend. Uh, the couch gag, the Simpsons are bubbles that uh, float to the couch, and then they pop. It's all right. Yep, it's it's creative. It's some simple. Maggie's Maggie's noise is like her pacifier noise, which I do appreciate when she pops. Yeah. So that's a nice little touch. Uh, the episode begins with Martin inviting everyone to his birthday party, which is very nice of him. Inviting everyone. Very equitable. Well, yeah. Even the teachers, as we'll see. Even the teachers. Well, oh, are there any other teachers except Miss Krabappel? I mean, there's Miss Hoover. Is she and, there? Uh, Mr. Glasscock. And, oh, at, actually, that came? No, not that I saw. That's what I'm saying. No one of them went to the party, so I assume he invited his teacher and the principal, and no one else. Well, you never know. Mar- knowing Martin, he'll, he invited everybody. Well, I mean, he didn't invite his music teacher. We've seen him in uh, Mr. Largo's class, so... Even Martin has limits, Matt. Who wants Mr. Largo at their party? Fair enough. Mr. Largo is a joyless, awful husk of a man. Well, I imagine Mrs. Krabappel is pretty much the same thing. I... She... She knows how to party, at least. You know, she's willing to have a good that's time. True. Mr. Largo's not having a good time unless he's listening to Sousa. And only Sousa. And that's a, that's a strange thing. Um, uh, Melissa and Bart do... Uh, they decide to go uh, based on their social standings, which they have a, a, a number scale on. They're three and a half, whatever, on the scale of I don't know how much, five to ten, somewhere in there? I don't mm-hmm. know. What's a, is it? How high does it go, Matt? I have no idea. Pretty high. million, million and a half, something like that. That's it. You're saying that the social ranking scale goes up to a million and a half. Obviously. I mean, uh, it goes all the way from kindergartner up to, you know, international superstar. International, like who? Jay-Z? Beyonce? Yeah, I think Beyonce's a good one to, to put at the top. She's number one? What's right below her? I mean, that's, that's where right below Beyonce is... Uh... See, who's the second coolest person ever? Hmm, ever. Probably Prince. What? So they stay on the scale even if they're dead? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. If I have to pick somebody living, I have no idea. You're, you're making me think too hard about this. <laughs> well, Barton Mills are three and a half. They decide they can take the hit of going to Martin's party. Uh, it's a f- relatively fancy... I mean, I, you would assume that Martin would have a nice party. He's his parents. Do we ever know what his dad does for a job? This is that a stock I don't trader? Believe so, He's no. a stock trader, right? I, we saw them commodities trader. Commodities, sure. okay. So that's yeah, the Springfield stock market, of course. Well, doesn't every town have a stock trade, a commodities market? Uh, yes, and they have. I mean, like they, we see him in a giant, like a New York Stock Exchange style building full of people and tickers and stuff. I would assume Springfield's office might be a little bit smaller. No, 
Probably, but then again, Springfield is a, a regional hub, so maybe not. Maybe not. Um, but Bart and uh, Bart, Bart breaks off some fingers off of Martin's ice ice sculpture of himself, uh, and then runs into Miss Garoppolo, who's also at the party. Bart! Uh, Mrs. K! Hey, it's Saturday. Your powers are useless against me. Relax. I'm just here to have fun like everybody else. <laughs> Don't think of me as a teacher. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Mr. Bopple's kind of sad. Well, I, I think she just has nothing to say to a, you know, 10-year-old. I mean, she we see her out on dates with lots of guys, and she seemed, they seem quite happy. I mean, when we saw Sideshow Bob with her a couple episodes ago, they were uh, getting along just fine. Yeah, I, I, but I mean, this I, I feel like this whole episode's kind of melancholy. A little bit, yeah. I can see where you're going with that, uh, because... I really, most of these episodes we watch, and I'm like, haha, that's funny, haha, here and there. And this one, as I watched it, I just, I didn't get any sense of joy out of this. Just a little bit of, I don't want to say ennui, but melancholy is a better word for it. Just uh, of existential sadness at what these poor adults have to go through for their relationship. Yeah, and I don't, it's not, I don't, like, I still enjoy it, and I still like it. Uh, I still think it's good. It's just not, mm-hmm. like, and I think that has kind of been the, the, uh, our kind of thesis on season seven and eight is that it's just this incredible variety of, of things where you get madcap action, you get character pieces, you get like weird, like episode, like episodes designed around like specific character, like guest characters. Uh, and then you get things like this, which are like this examination of Skinner and Mr. Bopple. And it, it, we've seen them individually before in episodes like this. But never not together, not in a relationship together. And this is, and, and both of those episodes are both also sad. Both the Skinner romance episodes and uh, the Krabappel romance episode by themselves are sad. But this seeing them together is, I don't know, it it, it reminds me most of uh, Seymour Skinner's badass song because that is also like a kind of a solitary examination of of, of Skinner and like how like empty his life is outside of his job. And I don't know that that f- same feeling kind of permeates. I feel like this episode a lot. It's true because I feel like anytime you go after an episode that tries to represent a character, uh, it takes on some of the characteristics of that character. So in Sweet Seymour Skinner's uh, "Badass Song," it was a, an episode that was very uh, bittersweet. Like it was very nerdy, uh, but it also like invite a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of embarrassment. Like most of the people around Skinner are at least a little bit embarrassed for him, even though he doesn't seem to see that quite as much. Uh, conversely, Mrs. Krabappel, uh, she doesn't seem embarrassed. She just seems kind of hopeless. Like she, she wants something better out of life, but she can't seem to grasp it. And it's starting to uh, basically take over her life. And this episode's, I think, a great combination of those two effects because you have Skinner's embarrassment and nerdiness and Krabappel's hopelessness, and they give each other something more than what they could have gotten. Uh, so you, Skinner provides a little bit of hope and naivete that boosts Edna's spirits, and uh, Edna provides something of a more worldly influence on Skinner. I mean, in this episode, we see Skinner in his normal school outfit, but like his tie is pulled down and his collar isn't on and he's leaning on something. It just, you see Skinner be happier than he ever was. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think any time the Simpsons goes to uh, like, it's not like they ever stopped doing character pieces on side characters throughout the later years of the Simpsons, but it, they don't feel human much. Like there is multiple groundskeeper Willie episodes. I mean, Groundskeeper Willie is a kind of ridiculous character at first glance, but the most of those are like fairly cartoonish. This is pretty down to earth about people who are who Krabappel and Skinner who are both like treated like people, not cartoon characters. Well, it's true. I guess the kind of thing, the episode that you can kind of see happening in other shows, because these characters, at least in this show, appear more real than they usually are. Yeah, I mean, and I don't. I, I, it's still Simpsons. It's still Simpsons esque. It still has a lot of the, the same traits of the Simpsons. And it still has a lot of the foibles and weird quirks that you like that we like in the Simpsons. It's just again that huge variety. Um, we see a math magician who looks exactly like Bill Gates. He's also not a good math magician. Not a good 
person to do math at all because three times seven is twenty one, not twenty two. It's close, Matt. That's fine, right? Only if you're doing fuzzy math. All my math is fuzzy. Well, that I believe. Okay. Hey, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, but we see uh, Skinner and Miss Garoppolo kind of uh, meet and kind of commiserate with each other at the at the party. Mind if I sit down? Yeah, it's a free country. I I don't follow you. Oh, just sit down, Seymour. It might be nice to talk to a grown-up for a change. <laughs> well, this party is certainly a break in my routine. You know, normally I spend my Saturdays carefully laying out my clothes for the following week. Then I stroll down to the car wash to see if Gus is there. Oh, yeah, you got to keep busy. I collect matchbooks from glamorous nightclubs. It's amazing. If you just write to them and ask them nicely. Is this... How you imagined your life, Edna? Well, yes. But then I was a very depressed child. To poor decisions. Here, here. Seymour, I told you not to play in the neighbor's yard. It's a party, Mother. I was invited. Well, then I must have been invited, too. Help me, Edna. More. More, like, awkwardness. There's a lot of awkwardness in this episode. It is, and like we said, that's that's more a hallmark of a regular sitcom. There's a little bit of stiltedness, and normally the Simpsons episodes tend to flow very smoothly, uh, whereas this episode, like you said, it it feels like a script written for another series that got shoehorned into the Simpsons and still works really well, but it's just different enough that you start to notice all the weird stuff. Well, I think they have to. I mean, it just doesn't work with Krabappel and Skinner any other way. Like, I feel like if you make them, like, because we have so much of the family, you can write an episode with a family that is very personal and very grounded. Or you can write something crazy and outlandish and very cartoonish, and it works because you have all that whole kind of rainbow. You have that whole entire incredible variety of kinds of things that that you can go to, and none of it feels wrong because it's all kind of there in that spectrum. Skinner and Edna aren't around enough, I think, for that to be established. And for them to be real characters, you kind of have to do this legwork to begin with. And frankly, they Skinner, I mean, obviously in particular, is an awkward dude, especially when being romantic, which this episode firmly establishes, if we didn't realize that already. And his interaction, their interactions feel honest. They, they, they're, I don't know, it, it makes me feel for them in a way that, it it feels honest and it feels real. And I, I, I think it suits the tone of this episode. It certainly isn't, I don't know, I, I don't think I would like every Simpsons episode to be like this, but I like this one in particular going, well, we're going to tackle uh, this romantic relationship and we're going to tackle it in a real and honest and often awkward way. Uh, Mr. Bubble say, <laughs> so Skinner asks to be saved from his mother, which apparently they live next door to Martin. That or Agnes was just walking by. She says neighbor. Neighbor's yard. Well, and she's in the, the kind she's, of person who considers everyone uh, to be her neighbor. Uh, I disagree. <laughs> I I feel like she probably... I would think her idea of what a neighbor is is as constrained as possible. Maybe. Um, But Edna sees a playhouse. Martin has a playhouse. And, and, they, and, a, and a tea set, by the way. But uh, she takes him there to escape. From the rest of the party and from his mother in particular. More tea, Edna? What kind of little boy has a tea set? <laughs> I think we both know the answer to that. A lucky boy. <laughs> you know, Seymour, there's an innocence about you that can be quite charming. Oh, well, I've always admired your tart honesty and ability to be personally offended by broad social trends. Really? Mm -hmm. Very much. And your laugh. You mean, ha! Mm-hmm. That's the one that makes me feel... Uh, oh, boy. <clears throat> you uh, have a breath mint I could borrow? I've got some menthol cigarettes. Oh, the heck with it. Mm. Oh. So, they uh, they kiss. They make out. In the, in the, Which is kind of surprising, but the, that's that's just the way it goes. In the little playoffs. Well, I mean, I think, I think they are assuming that you would... They've worked together for a long time. They've even alluded to... Edna and Skinner in the past a little bit. I, I forget which episode it is, but someone asked Edna about, you know, why don't you date principals? It might have even been the, the same um, with Gordy Howe and uh, Bart in the letter. What What's the name of that episode? Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, oh, God, what's that episode's name? 
Bart the Lover. Bart the Lover. Like, I th- it may have been even that episode, but I'm fairly certain someone asked Edna, maybe Bart asked Edna about, why don't you date Principal Skinner? And she's like, her, his mother won't let him out to play. And I, I don't know. There's There's been allusions in the past to them, like, you know, the, uh, the thought of a relationship is there, the idea of it, but they've just never kind of gotten to that point. And I don't know. Any people, anytime there's people who like work together and they end up at a, like dating, it's I never, I'm never surprised. You know, it's well, yeah, it's because you, you, you get interested in people that are around you essentially. And for these two, they're primarily the ones who will be interested in, in one another. They have the, the best chemistry. Yeah. And I, I mean, like, I think it's, it doesn't, I'm not, you know, they, I would probably, that probably isn't the best place to do it. Probably wouldn't be if I'm afraid if like the 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 idea of the relationship itself is could be scandalous. Uh, I would not maybe do it at a children's party, but that's just me. Um, of course, both of them are not well. One Skinner's not very experienced, and uh, and on the other hand, is a little bit more reckless. I would I would assume so. Match made in heaven, Matt. Yes, heaven. That's that's we'll go with that. But hey, Matt. Hmm. Someone sees them. Oh, someone does. We even get the music, the dun, dun, dun. Bart, Bart sees them. Uh, but yes, <laughs> they make out Bart sees them. We go to commercial. And when we come back, uh, Skinner and Kerbopel are being all lovey-dovey in the cafeteria one day when they hear behind them a certain little boy threatening to tell everyone about, not threatening, but in the process of telling everyone. Uh, Skinner then rushes off and basically calls Bart to the principal's office real quick before he can finish the story, which why he wouldn't just finish the story and then leave, who knows? But that's that's the way the story goes. And when Bart gets to the principal's office, uh, things don't go as well for uh Krabappel and Skinner as uh, they could have. Now, Bart, son, I don't know what you think you saw, but uh, let me assure you... What Seymour... What Principal Skinner means to say, Bart, is that sometimes a little boy's imagination can run away with him. That's the best you can do? You could have at least said you were giving her CPR or rehearsing a play. Is it too late to say that? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We're just a little concerned. If people were to find out the principal was dating a teacher... They might see it as a conflict of interest. <laughs> <laughs> and there are those who might try to use it against us for their own advantage. Like me, for one. Like you, for... Bart, if life has taught me one lesson repeatedly, it's to know when I'm beaten. Let's talk deal. And at that point, uh, basically, Krabappel and Skinner uh, take Bart into the next room and offer him a deal, uh, saying that uh, if he agrees to keep their secret, uh, some other student could inherit his, uh, I believe, a gloomy, windblown future. I'm not 100% sure what that means, but hey. It means uh, so... uh, being a crane operator. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Or a stripper. Hey, a crane a la... Bang, bang, Bart. That's true. Being a crane operator, though, is a sweet gig. Uh, you mostly sit around, don't do a whole lot, and get paid a ton of money because you have to have ridiculous liability insurance. Also, you might but, kill people accidentally. Like I said, liability insurance. <laughs> Millhouse is the one who would be inheriting it. Millhouse, yeah. Millhouse gets uh, that future because they basically swap his permit record with Millhouse. Which, Millhouse's permit record is only a single sheet of paper, whereas Bart is, like, what, a foot thick? I find that hard to believe that Millhouse has only done enough stuff for one sheet of paper. But Millhouse just he, 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 he snitches to get out of things. That's a good point, actually. I like that. Uh, Bart, of course, agrees, uh, and he's happy to uh, help them out, essentially. Uh, that night, Karoppel and Skinner have a date. Uh, she shows him the wonder of applesauce, which applesauce is a great dessert, not going to lie. There are better ones, but it's still pretty good. You know what's uh, really good, and, Matt? You know, what's you, know, that? you know how I eat applesauce? How's that? Applesauce on top of Cheez-Its. You know, I do like apples and cheese. I can see it. It's really it's good. Little, I can see it. All right. I, I'm cold applesauce. A little bit of scoop, just get a spoonful on top of a cheese. It. It's very good. Everyone at home, definitely suggest you try it. Two great tastes, taste great together. All right, all right, I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll have to go buy both of those things because now they're in my house right now. But yeah, no. It's very dangerous to keep both applesauce and cheese. It's in my house, so I, I don't do it. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, but on this date, we get to see uh, Krabappel and Skinner like bouncing off each other, and they seem genuinely happy. Like, like Skinner's naivete and just innocence. Uh, is is charming to Krabappel, and uh, I believe uh, Skinner said that he enjoyed her tart honesty. 
uh, yes. which is basically it grounds him a little bit. They're, they're, they suit each other. I think. I think they both they're appropriate, uh, kind of personality wise for the other. I think. Uh, at least at the start, as we'll see in in later episodes, uh, they go on and off for quite a while. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't. I, I don't necessarily endorse all those later episodes, Matt, but I I, I feel like they are good a good match, honestly. I, I would agree. And that's why this episode kind of works, is because when you think about it, they do seem a better match than, than you, you first see them as. So, uh, But after this date, they're both much happier. Uh, Krabappel is, is wearing a bow, and she suggests they pick wildflowers rather than uh, listening to poetry. Uh, Bart or uh, Skinner is basically just hanging out in front of the school saying, Hey, how's it going to the students and not being his weird, uh, rule enforcing self. Uh, however, they both seem to be using Bart constantly as a messenger, which I guess in the days before email, you had to pass notes. Somehow you use a student, <laughs> which, all right, sure. Why not? I mean, I, I they are, I, they have, he's the only one who's in, in the know. So they have to, I mean, they're kind of have to use him it is too like at least lightly if they if they want to surreptitiously pass notes to each other and all that stuff also i think i don't know you get the with all this you get the impression that they're both kind of i don't know you everyone when, when you're in a relationship with someone and you get to that point where you're like oh man i like them a lot i maybe even love them and it's just like you feel like you're floating on air it's a very special thing and Skinner in particular, and maybe even Edna too. I don't really, you don't really have seen much of their romantic history aside from the episodes we've seen in the show. And those are both, all of them are kind of also melancholy and sad. So <laughs> this might be the first time either of them have felt like this. Like it's easily a possibility that either Edna's like jaded because of so many relationships and Skinner is kind of naive and innocent because of almost none. And this might like this is a kind of a a new feeling for them, or at least a very uh, novel one, one they haven't experienced many times before. And I don't know, it's it's nice, it's happy, I like it. And you know, I they they do. I, also, Skinner's not good at the note passing, like putting giant letters confidential is don't for my eyes, whatever. Don't put if you want people to read it, don't read a note. Make it as Boring and yeah. official as possible. Yeah, make it, put it on official letterhead or something. Make it look like the most boring note possible. That's the only way. <laughs> I do like Skinner's uh, when he hands Bart a note to pass and Bart rips it open immediately. And Skinner's like, I hear someone reading. I really, yeah. I like that a lot. <laughs> That's really good. That's true. Um, we then see Krabappel and Skinner on another date at the movies where they're sneaking around. And unfortunately, it does not go well for them. Do you think anyone saw us? No, it went just as we planned. Except they confiscated my thermos of cola at the door. Skinner, Krabappel, what are you two doing here? Superintendent Chalmers. Uh, why we're we're uh, on a um, have, uh, what do you call a uh, field trip? Uh, with a student. Yes, he's, uh, he's uh he's purchasing refreshments in the lobby. I'll I'll, I'll go get him right now. Carkies, carkies, carkies. Pushing me. What's going on? Just enjoy the movie. It is Tom Berenger. You think they actually filmed this in Atlanta? I don't know. I don't think it's important. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't think it's important. I hate to break it to you, Robbie. I don't think it's important where they filmed it. It's that's supposed to. I think. I only got this because I read it on the internet. It's supposed to be a reference that this is the, they're watching The Big Chill. Oh, okay. I have no idea what the movie is. Never heard of it. You would not like it, Matt. Probably not. I can state I can state categorically you would not enjoy The Big Chill. It's not a Matt movie in any way. All right. Good I don't know. I could you could maybe respect it. I think that's as far as you would probably get. You would go. I understand. Uh, also, Matt. I think you're kind of. I think you are kind of a Seymour Skinner in certain ways. Oh yeah, what kind of ways? Like thermoses, giant thermoses of soda kind of ways. 
You know, I, I get in trouble for that. The only time I actually buy anything at the theaters is uh, occasionally we'll do the big uh, marathons. So like when Die Hard 5 came out, uh, my wife and I signed up for the you know, the five Die Hard Pass. So we went in early that morning and watched all five Die Hards in a row. And uh, they had a deal where you could get a, a large popcorn, a large soda, and those come with free refills. So that was the only time I've ever gotten a soda at a movie. Otherwise, I load up beforehand. I know, but I'm just saying, you are, I have known you to have giant thermoses of soda that, not necessarily movie theater, I'm just saying in life. Hmm. It runs well, to Wawa to fill up your gigantic, like, gallon-sized plastic thing. Hey, hey, half-gallon, thank you. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. How could I confuse the gallon for the half-gallon? This is a little, this is a bridge too far. I would not pull in Bart out of, uh... You could just be on a friendly. A you could just go be seeing a movie as friends. That's okay. It's not like oh, were... not Simpsons. No, no, definitely, definitely not in the nineties. You could just say, "Hey, Chalmers, yeah, we're friends. We we know each other from work. We went and saw a movie together. It's nice to go out." <laughs> Again, they're not good at thinking on their feet. They obviously they couldn't even fool a ten year old kid. So they're not gonna fool Chalmers. Uh, yeah, I mean, true. they did fool Chalmers, but they had to like basically bring Bart out of bed. <laughs> I can't, God, a 10-year-old, if I was a 10-year-old boy trying to, I haven't forced to watch the Big Chill, I would feel exactly the same way. There's yeah, that, it sounds like the bar would just fall back asleep. Well, he had Chalmers there to talk to him about the movie, so I'm sure he had, was fine. That's definitely true. And, Matt, next? Oh, sorry, I, I didn't know what you were typing, I didn't really, I, anyway. I was looking up information about the Big Chill to see when it came out, 1983. Wow, that, that, they're watching a decade-old movie. <laughs> In the theater, sure. Here, here, here. Anyway, the plot focuses on a group of baby boomer college friends who reunite after 15 years. One of their old comrades, Alex, commits suicide without warning. Happy movie, that right? That sounds so depressing. It, I would never watch that. It, All right, fair enough. It's kind of, it's kind of that thing. It's, 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 it's good. It's just not. It has, and it has a spectacular cast: Tom Berger, Glenn Close, Jeff Goldblum, William Hurt, Kevin Klein, Meg Tilly, Joe Beth Williams. Kevin Costner's in it. You never see his face. Famous, very famous, sure. very famous soundtrack has, you know, CCR, Aretha Franklin, Temptations, Rolling Stones, like, you know, very, very famous musicians. I think it was one of the most successful selling soundtracks at the time. Probably still sounds boring. You want to talk more about the Big Chill? No, no, I really don't. Okay, good. Uh, they also use Bart to keep Agnes busy because uh, apparently she does not approve of Skinner dating. So Bart has to sit there and look at pictures of old cakes with her <laughs> and if he's good he gets to keep one but not the one he wants not the co- not for the coconut one matt no coconut is very important i guess <laughs> that's, a, that's a collector's item the picture of that cake you can't it's limited yeah. limited edition uh-huh. sure i don't she doesn't have a uh, duplicate but... she doesn't have duplicates of that cake you know the other ones she has some dupes so she'll pass off a dupe she's not passing off those, the coconut. Ca- those cakes have showed up in other magazines so she has multiple angles i'm not this is this is such a weird archaic thing. I'm not even sure if it's a real thing, but it's something it sounds like an old lady would do. So I'm on board. I I would agree. I like uh, cake too. I, hey, hey Matt, I like cake. I, I think we all like cake. Uh, we spend our lives in pursuit of cake and not having trying to have not have too much cake because now when I get done with it, I really want to have some cake, and it's all your fault. Way to go. You know what'd be really good right now? Like mm. chocolate cake and glass of milk. God, I hate you so much. I, you know, actually, I, my I, wife is back to I, stop me before I, I, I stop. I, I would say German chocolate cake. I really am a big fan of German chocolate cake with a big glass of milk would be great. It's true. It's a little sweeter, and the coconut add kind of takes away from the bitterness. Mm-hmm. It's good. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> now I'm hungry. You're thanks. the one. Uh, you're the one who talked about cake, man. All right, that's all your fault. No, it's Agnes's fault. Always blaming other people. I see how it is. Uh-huh. Uh back at school, Bart is again continually being abused by Kerbopal and Skinner. Kerbopal yells at him for talking when he wasn't and sends him to the principal off of a message. And well, it does not go well for Bart. Bart Simpson, how many times do I have to tell you no talking? Report to the principal's office. But but I wasn't and here, take this with you. Aww. Mrs. Kerbopal, Bart has something he wants to say to you. I won't say it. Bart! Aww. I love you, Edna Krabappel. Bart's got a very nice teacher. Where are you registered, Simpson? Thank you, Bart. That was very sweet. You may sit down now. We're not going to get away with this. 
So at this point, we can see the beginnings of uh, Bart's resentment start to boil over. Uh, Bart is basically he's had enough at this point. Uh, so next, Grabopol and Skinner step out uh, and leave Martin in charge of the class. And I don't know why I didn't capture this. This is like one of the really good parts of the, episode, or the act. Uh, but Martin makes Bart promise to not fall in love with him. And that that right there is the tipping point. When Martin scores points off you, that's the end. Bart marches the entire school down the hallway where they catch Krabappel and Skinner making out in a closet. And then Principal Skinner dismisses the school and we go to a commercial. <laughs> well, Matt, you have to promise that you won't fall in love with me. Well, you know, Bart, he's obviously in love with Krabappel. So, you know, Martin runs the risk of someone falling in love with him. I, 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 again, fall in love with Martin. I think Krabappel and Skinner are just bad at this. And I mean, that's kind of the thing. Like, they're bad at relationships in different ways, and they're bad at this because of that. Like, so it makes perfect sense that, of course, they would misuse Bart and make him get angry and, you know, make out in the janitor's closet for some reason. Uh, When we come back, uh, the kids are reporting on what they saw in the closet. And then Bart opened the door, and Principal Skinner and Mrs. Krabappel were kissing (gasps) and swearing. Father, Uncle Apu, a teacher was in the closet with the principal, and he had as many arms as Vishnu, and they were all very busy. (gasps) I was in the library at the time, but Janie told me that Principal Skinner and Bart's teacher, Mrs. What's her name? Krabappel? Yeah, Krabappel. They were naked in the closet together. (gasps) Oh, my goodness. Wait a minute. Bart's teacher is named Krabappel? I've been calling her Crandall. Why didn't someone tell me? Oh, I've been making an idiot out of myself. Mrs. Krabappel and Principal Skinner were in the closet making babies, and I saw one of the babies, and the baby looked at me. Baby looked at you? Sarah, get me Superintendent Chalmers. Thank you, Sarah. (laughs) Baby looked at you. Matt. That's important. And also, we learned that Prince, uh, Principal Skinner, uh, Wiggum cannot dial his own phone. <laughs> he's got he's got the fat fingers. <laughs> That's true. He needs the dialing wand. He needs a dialing wand, and he has his wife. She's there to help him. You know, it's a team, Matt. Uh-huh. If you had fat fingers, your wife would dial your phone for you. That's true, but if I ever get fingers that fat, I will probably start whittling them down. That's a very disconcerting uh, mental image. Uh... Chalmers comes in, asks Skinner what was going on, uh, and tell, gives him an ultimatum, like, break up or you're fired. Uh, and Skinner shows backbone, you know, stands up for himself and for Mr. Bopel, in a certain way at least, without, he, he doesn't, refuses to break up. He says, no, I, we, we love each other, whatever. We're, I'm not gonna break up with her. And, uh, they get fired. It's their last day. Uh, and they say goodbye. Well, it's going to be hard to say goodbye to all of you. We've had a lot of fun together. Nelson, Nelson, Nelson. How many kids have you beaten up this year? Mm, 50. Ah, 50. Where does the time go? You, uh, you wanted to see me, Principal Skinner? Mm-mm. It's Mr. Skinner now. I'm just a man. Bart, I want to apologize for the awkward position Edna and I put you in. Your, your help made our love possible. I don't know what we'll do without you. No, so long. This is sad. It is, and uh, like we said before, this is is not par for the course for a Simpsons episode. Uh, you're really getting around. I mean, okay, I take that back. End of Mother Simpson is is sad like this, but uh, that has more of an emotional gut punch than this does, but only just barely. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, this is just. It's just. It feels very human and very real, and it's a, it moments we don't see very often in The Simpsons. Like you referenced Mother Simpson, I think it's there, and there's a f- other f- other episodes that do things like this. It's just it it just feels very real, feels a, like a very real thing that's happening. And I, I, the thing that gets me is when Skinner just like tells Bart, "Yeah, thank you, bye," and he just you know rubs his head and says, "You know, go." And it's just it it feels like a very grounded, real human interaction in in the show that often can have very cartoonish and crazy things happening. And it, and, and even Krabappel kind of reminiscing over her bad students <laughs> over, over Nelson being a bully and how many kids he's bullied. But Bart sees this Bart's sad. Uh, even though, I mean, I, I feel like his anger was, 
pretty well justified for uh, how they were treating him. But he is upset that he has cost these people their jobs, basically. Well, not I don't know. It's a complicated thing. Uh, but he wants them to fight it. He says, "Well, why are you why are you just taking this? You should do something about it." To Skinner, and and Skinner ultimately decides, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stand up. We're gonna barricade ourselves inside the school and." not come out until they give us our jobs back. Skinner, get off of my school. No, you get off of my school. Homer Bart's up there. Give me that. Bart, this is your father. Do you know where the remote is? I looked all over the house. Did you check your pocket? It was, it was in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Oh, it's a, Homer. Appara- just... Apparently, the the bit where he 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 talks to Marsh through the the megaphone at first is was completely improvised, uh, and that it's very very good, very funny, and like that's there's those little bits of things here and there that kind of this the sprinkles of humor among the more serious relationship stuff between Edna and and Skinner. It makes it you know it it keeps it lighter. It helps to keep it from being too maudlin. Uh, so they're at a standoff, you know, uh, they're, they're the Bart Skinner and Miss Grabopple are inside. Everyone else is outside. Uh, <laughs> uh, Super- superintendent Chalmers gets on the, gets on the megaphone to try and make an appeal to them. Uh, and Sideshow Mel has valid opinions. Talk to me. You have got to end this thing, Shimar. We're not coming down until our jobs are reinstated and you acknowledge and celebrate our love. No one would like to celebrate your love more than I. But I am a public servant and not permitted to use my own judgment in any way. Then let us take our case directly to the townspeople. Oh, yeah, that'll be real productive. Who do you want to talk to first, uh, the guy in the bumblebee suit or the one with the bone through his hair? My opinions are as valid as the next man's. Yeah, all right, just come on down. <laughs> Phone, not megaphone. Uh... And I, I mean, Sideshow Mel seems like a decent guy. Well, he seems like the, a, a normal person, and I don't know why. You know, just because he has a bone in his hair, his opinions wouldn't be valid. I, I don't know. Chalmers is the type of guy that if you don't look, you don't look like you're on the straight and narrow, he's probably not going to value what you say. Probably true. He barely, he barely like recognizes Skinner as a person, <laughs> and Skinner is like the most buttoned-up person you could possibly be. So true. Uh so they come down. They're going to plead their case uh, to the crowd and if, see if they can just sway public opinion. Uh, this is a little bit of a long one, but I felt all of it was kind of important. Just speak from the heart, Seymour. Tell them how we brought a little happiness into each other's lives. Ask them why they're forcing two dedicated people to choose between their careers and their hearts. <laughs> Excuse me, Edna. I don't think we're talking about love here. We're talking about S-E-X in front of the C-H-I-L-D-R-E-N. Sex cauldron? I thought they closed that place down. What are you people talking about? My child told me you two were having sex in the school janitor's closet. You know, making babies. Yes, illicit sex. Doing it, it, it. Sold it public sexual congress. This is absurd. I did not have relations in that closet, and the fact is I haven't... Um. Yes. Seymour, I think you'd better tell them. It's the only way to clear our names. Well, everyone, the fact is, I haven't ever had relations. I am a virgin. Ha <laughs> ha! Hey, does this mean that Mrs. Krapopel is a virgin too? Ha! Well, Seymour, it's clear you've been falsely accused. Because no one, anywhere, ever, would pretend to be a 44-year-old virgin. Oh, that's for sure. I'm, I'm inclined to agree. Ugh, I'll never look at him the same again. That was more than I wanted to know. <clears throat> okay, well, um, Edna, Seymour, in light of these, uh, uh revelations, I, uh, suppose we, uh, overreacted. Do we have our jobs back? What? Oh, yes, 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 sure. Just, uh, you know, keep the lewdness to a minimum. Keep the lunas to a minimum, Matt. Well, I mean, that's good advice for all of your activities. <laughs> uh, yeah, especially in public, it's probably a good idea. Um, so they're they effectively are they have their jobs back, everything's cool again. Um, but uh, Bart, you know, it, they kind of wrap up the episode this way, and and Bart is 
you know, asking them how they're doing, you know, what they're going to do. And then uh, they tell them that, oh, no, we're actually going to break up. We don't want to have a relationship under basically under the public eye. We don't want that kind of pressure, et cetera, et cetera. And Bart kind of walks off dejected. Sad because and I don't know. I felt like this. I, this was a actually pretty good because Edna is like, you're not. I mean, we've seen this already with the kind of fledging relationships Bart's established in a couple episodes is romance doesn't always work out the way you want it to. You know, it doesn't really necessarily, your feelings Even don't on always, TV. yeah, your feelings don't always matter. Uh, and then we see that they were actually lying to Bart and they went to, they go to the closet uh, to presumably, uh, have some, have some fun, uh, which I like a lot. Uh, it's a little, it's a very smart kind of root, uh, like a smart, uh, subversion of the status quo a little bit in that effectively they'll, the the perception is that they're not in a relationship, but you can always keep in mind, no, they're probably they're probably still in a relationship but behind the scenes, keeping on the DL. Well, yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it's one of those things that you, you got to keep it secret from everybody, including Bart this time. Well, I mean, telling Bart that it's over is effectively telling the entire town that it's over so that, the, you know, you establish your cover right away. Um, and if, hopefully they would stop making out in the janitor, janitor's closet so often. I think that would help. And keep the lewdness to off school. Rounds. Yeah, keep the lewdness to a minimum. But there is, it's a happy ending. You know, it they they get their jobs. They're still together. Um, and it it, it balances out kind of the melan like it balances out the 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 melancholy and sadness of the episode in a lot of ways. They, you get a happy ending. With both of them, which they've had both both of them have had previous episodes where they've had melancholy endings where they go, oh, they're not going to be in a relationship. They kind of have to just deal with it. And this time, no, they're happy. They got a they're together. They're happy for now. Uh, like I said, in further episodes, that goes down a little bit, but they're still in a, a fairly healthy relationship. And it's it's good to see something that kind of sticks around for a while because a lot of things like that don't happen in Simpsons. But this is one of those things that we'll see again and again in further episodes. I they live happily ever ever after ever after they live happily ever after, right, Matt? Yep, everyone's still alive. This is the oh, really had you had to go there, didn't you? You had to do that. Well, you asked me uh, trivia questions from season twenty five, so I went back and watched it. And that in that uh, season, there is uh, Ned with a black armband around. He's got I, pictures I, of Maud I, and Edna, I, and I, I almost died. I know. I'm aware. It's not. <sighs> Again, like I said, Matt. As long as I keep it in my head that that, that <laughs> everyone is happy and they have a happy ending, and Mr. Bopple is happily with either. In my head, it's. Mr. Bopple and Skinner and Maud and Maud has never died and she's happy with Ned and we don't have these morbid awful things that happen in the show but sometimes your feelings don't matter man <laughs> uh, oftentimes especially when it comes to entertainment your feelings don't matter <laughs> yes I, I think this is a good episode I think it is well crafted I think it is not nearly as funny like there's still laughs in it and it's still very well written and clever but it, it it can't help but not be as funny. It is about kind of these two lonely adults like finding each other, and it, it's a really interesting change of pace for a Simpsons episode. It is, uh, and it's it's one of those things where oftentimes they'll reach out for a different uh, I don't want to say theme, a different tone? pastiche to put over the episode tone. There you go, that's perfect. Uh, a different tone for the episode, and it basically allows the writers, uh, especially as we've seen in season eight, they like to play with things a lot in this season because uh, I feel like at the time they were thinking they were close to the end, so they wanted to get some to stretch their creative wings a little bit. In this episode, they're allowed to do something that feels more like an hour-long drama than, you know, a 20-minute comedy show. Yeah. It's, it's. I always look at episodes like this and, and think about the incredible variety of what The Simpsons did and how they were able to still be good in a completely different, basically different genre than what they normally were. And it's what makes it interesting trying to rank the episodes, which we will do at the end of the show. Uh, no submissions for my favorite episode. However, if you do have a favorite episode, you can simply submit your reasons why at simpsonshowpod at gmail.com, and I'll read it when we get to that episode. Uh, hey, Matt. Hmm. It's time for the comments for the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments to news group. Zorro Cone through the old alt.tv.simpsons news group. See what people are talking about the week or two after an episode debuted. 
Uh, what do you think they thought about this one, Matt? I'm going to say they were down on this because it seems like not the regular type of Simpsons episode. And we all know that the news groups fear change. It was very mixed. Oh, well, that's better than I expected. It It's average. Like, I don't I don't know how to like it's like, you know, some people like it uh, and some people hate it. But most people were pretty firmly in the middle and saying it's OK. I think that's pretty much where most people are like, it's fine. It's OK. Um, there were a couple of people. Like, this is the worst episode. I hate it so much. I want to kill or whatever. <laughs> uh, also, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe it was just this particular window of time that I picked to look at. Why are people so mean on the internet, Matt? People have been mean on the internet for a really long time, and I, I've never been able to figure out why. I, I don't. I don't get it. Like, why are they? Why are they so mean? Why do they say bad things? Like, there's a lot of bad things on the news group. This, I'm like, I understand. Yeah, the yeah, the there's plenty of awful people on the internet, and they say and do bad things. But I just don't get why would you? Why would you post bad things on a Simpsons news group? That doesn't make much sense to me. People have awful things in their lives, and they need to get it out in some way. So they choose to harm others rather than harm themselves. I just my notes for this were: internet is bad, nerds are bad. Um, there is bad things. I don't know. Maybe it's just my mood, and I noticed it more than than usual. But it's a very toxic place that those couple weeks I looked at. Uh, aside from just yeah. general, where is Springfield? Is Smithers gay? Etc. That's always there. Nothing much else, unfortunately. Um, we can move on in our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is what is your favorite drunk moment? A lot of drinking in The Simpsons, we, which touched on heavily last week. Uh, tons of great answers. As always, I, I love you guys. You do a great job. Uh, first from Robbie. Maybe it's the beer talking, Marge. You got butt that won't quit. They've got those big chewy pretzels here. Uh, Five dollars. Get out of here. It's the way he delivers it. It's just, it's just wonderful. Uh, from, yeah. jo- from Jonathan. Son, a woman is a lot like a refrigerator. They're about six feet tall, 300 pounds. They make ice and, um, uh, oh, wait a minute. Actually, a woman is more like a beer. They smell good. They look good. You step over your own mother just to get one, but you can't stop at one. You want to drink another woman. Which is accurate. Yep. Kyle uh, from The Simpsons Files, you are one fine-looking woman, lady. If I wasn't married, I'd go without with you like that. I, and then spills, I'm, I'm yeah. so sorry. Whatever you do, don't tell Marge. God, I love her. Hey, a penny. Uh, uh, Brian, the parody of When I Was 17 from Duffless. A uh, great song with hilarious moments, and let's face it, who hasn't spent at least a few nights drinking and listening to Queen? I've done it. No shame. Yep. Uh, from Austin, uh, Ned Flanders' uh, uh, AA story, 4,000 4, days since his first and last Blackberry <laughs> schnapps. Did you remember to clip Ann Landers? Ann Landers is a boring old bitty. I was, I was more animal than man. He's not wrong, but Ann Landers can be surprisingly uh, sharp at times. Uh, from Anna, uh, Lisa the Lizard Queen drinking the water ride beer at Duff Gardens and getting all the pills from the guy who said, oh, I'm not a doctor. She is the Lizard Queen, Matt. It's true. Uh, from Sarah, uh, you did it. You can't prove I did anything. No, Dad, you saved the town. I could do a lot of things if I had some money. <laughs> uh, from Elliot. So it says, yeah, you want you want that money? Come and find it, because I don't know where it is, you baloney. You make me want a wretch. Yep. Castle, Dave Castano does a terrific drunk Homer. I just, I, I oh, think he does. it's just spectacular. Uh, from Cody, whenever I learn something new, it pushes some of the old information out. Remember when I took that home winemaking course and forgot how to drive? You were drunk. Uh, Chris, I'm in no condition to drive. Wait, I shouldn't listen to myself. I'm drunk. Uh, Kevin, of course. I mean, he's not wrong. Of, Kev, of course, to alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Obviously, had to include that. Uh, pivoting to video at Jordan Hirsch. Uh, you got a butt that won't quit. They got these big chewy pretzels. Yeah, five. Yeah, five dollars. Five dollars. Five dollars. Uh, Mike at more beer for Mike. All I'm saying is that when we die, there will be a planet for the French, a planet for the Chinese, and we'll all be a lot happier. Oh no. Oh no. Barney gets a little uh, racist when he's drunk. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, Russ at RP Jenkins. Uh, from Wild Bart's can't be broken. Homer letting Carl and Barney driving through Springfield Elementary and then hitting the showers. Uh, Danny at D Knuckle nineteen. Uh, scene missing. <laughs> just the Homer can't recount uh, Denise and Carmat Simpsonology Homer's love postcard more five pretzels chewy pretzels 
uh, Carolina Karolinski, what are you looking at? Again, from Homer vs. 18th Amendment. And finally, Tom at Egg Kitten. Everybody, everybody get naked. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, what is your answer? I'm going to have to go with Wild Bart's Can't Be Broken. Uh, just them being such complete jackasses and then ending the night by showering in the elementary school is traumatizing on so many levels. Oh. I'm not, it's not original, but the postcard, the $5. Yeah. yeah I can't, I cannot do it. It's so good. The delivery sells it like a 100%. Uh, the 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 stream of consciousness. The Homer is just writing it. Ah, and then the, I love the most about it is get out, get out of here. It's just the way he. It's not like he doesn't finish it off real super like what you think of as a drunk. He's just like get out of here. It's great. Just it's just great. Just great. Our next week's question is uh suggested me uh from Andrew Bloom at the AndrewBlog.net. His question that I think is a good question: Who is the most competent person on the show? Because most people in Springfield are almost always incompetent. Who is most competent? I'm interested to see the answers. Interested to see the answers in this. I think I have an answer. I'm not sure, though. I'll have to think about it. I will post this question on all our social media. Facebook.com slash The Simpsons Show Pod. Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. And you can email us again at SimpsonsShowPod at gmail.com. All the links to those things are on our website, SimpsonsShow.com. Matt, guess what? What? It's time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard. Try and stump the other. We have a wager for this season. Whoever loses must record themselves singing a Simpsons song of the winner's choosing. It's not looking great, but I'm trying my best. Matt, you got an easy question? Don't put yourself down, Robbie. You got this. Okay, good. At least someone has confidence in me. You have an easy question for me? I do. Your easy question for this week. Uh, a, uh, what name does Homer take in Homer to the Max? Max Power. You are correct, sir. What's the name you want to touch. But you mustn't M- touch. You must, mustn't touch. Uh, your easy question, Matthew. In The Bart of War, season 14, episode 21, Bart is forbidden to play with whom? The Bart of War. Okay. Oh, man. What is that one about? Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's Millhouse straight up. So that's going to be my answer. You are correct. It is Millhouse. Bart of War. What is that episode about? I can't kind of tell you because some of the questions concern that stuff. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Your medium question. Mm-hmm. Uh, what celebrity pushes his electric car on the way to the uh, protest sit-in thing, whatever you want to call it, in Homer to the Max? Hmm. Pushes his electric car... I have no idea. Who has an electric car? What's a celebrity with an electric car that would be in Homer to the Max? That was like 15 years ago. Um, is it Krusty? Is it a real-life celebrity or is it a Simpsons celebrity? Can you tell me that? I can't give you that. Hey, no, Krusty. Sorry. Krusty's my answer. I'm sorry. Is Ed Begley Jr.? Oh, I was thinking Ed Begley Jr. I didn't think he was ever in The Simpsons. Is it actually him? I don't think so. No, okay. They make fun of him pretty hardcore. Okay, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah. Ed Bigley Jr. was like a really, he's like the most environmentalist celebrity, but I don't think he's ever on The Simpsons. Okay, whatever. Um, your medium question: In the Bard of War, two groups are established who begin a rivalry. What are the two groups' names? Okay, now I remember. Uh, it is the the preteen Braves and the Cavalry Cavalry Kids. You are correct. What's my hard question? Okay. Uh, it's a pretty hard one this week, so Good. hopefully you were paying attention to Homer to the Max. Oh, obviously. Uh, yeah. who is, Watch it who 10 is years Homer ago. Simps- who is Homer Simpson's partner in Police Cops? Oh, oh. The name of the character, you're asking? Yes, the name of the character. Okay. Um, mm. <laughs> All I can think of is, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Um, <laughs> this is the stupidest thing. I don't remember. I can't remember it. That's all I remember from that. Uh, it's Lance Kaufman. Lance Kaufman. I was not going to get that. Okay. Your hard question, Matt. Milhouse and Bart discover Beatles novelty beverages in Flanders' basement. What are they called? There's four flavors. There's four flavors. Oh, God. Um, John Lemon. Okay. Uh, Grape Harrison. Um, that I'm not 100% on. See, who are the rest of the Beatles? 
<laughs> For some reason, I can always think of three of the Beatles, but oh, um, Paul McCartney. What was his? I have no idea what the others one others were. So you got John Lemon. That's correct. Uh huh. Then Orange Harrison. Uh, of course, Orange Harrison. Paul McCartney is Paul McIced T, which that's a, <laughs> that's quite a stretch. Uh, yeah. And then Ringo is Mango Star. Mango Star, of course. That's I think the, those are, the, those three are 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 I think are reasonable, but Paul McIced T. Yeah, I, that's, I don't uh, know. It says the same kind of rhythm as Paul McCartney, but it doesn't. There's no. It doesn't have a share a lot of vowel sounds. I don't know. No. I don't. I'm not on board with that. Um, I do have some bonus questions for you, Matt. Okay. These are from John. They all uh, are questions about characters that have been in only one episode. How many years in a row has Ray Patterson been elected sanitation commissioner? Fourteen years. That'd be sixteen years. Dang it! So what, close. What does Sideshow Luke Perry create with balloons in rehearsal? Uh, a 16th century? No, no, no. Sorry, 19th century carousel. That's correct. Who is Krusty's court-ordered sidekick? Uh, this is no means no. That is correct. What restaurant does Laura Powers order from when babysitting Bart, Lisa, and Maggie? Uh, isn't it Two Guys from Kabul? That is correct. Still, I think it's a good name for a restaurant. <laughs> I know, uh, right? <laughs> what did uh, What did Malloy steal from the Flanders house? Uh, oh, his uh, Shroud of Turin beach towels. That is correct. Finally, according to Bart, what is Jessica Lovejoy's IQ? Uh, oh, um, isn't it 118? No, no, 102. 108. No, 108. I'm eight. <laughs> I'm all over the place today. You were pretty close. You were, you were waffling back and forth. You got to commit. Uh, but I think I'll do it for, for, for trivia this week. Matt has a sizable lead on me, but I... It's I'm not mathematically eliminated, therefore I'm still in it. We can move on to our final segment, a segment we end every single episode with. It is time for Best Episode Ever. Best Episode Ever. Best Episode Ever is the part show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. All right. I'm looking at Sweet, Sweet Seymour Skinner's Badass Song, which is currently number 56. I think that mm. I... I I think these those, these two episodes are very similar. Therefore, pretty easy to compare. Do you think this is better than that? Oh, it's so tough because this episode is not really that funny overall, but it's got that emotional depth that The Simpsons is often lauded for. So I'm going to say this is probably better, but not by a lot. Okay. You think it's better than... Okay. I think they're very close. I think they're very, they're very close to each other. I think this one probably, I, I think, is a little bit tighter. Frankly, I think this is actually a, a, a little bit better at getting to what it's trying to do. I think Sweet Seymour Skinner meanders a bit. Um, right above it, let's see, we have... How about, let's see, is it better than Krusty Gets Cancelled? Krusty Gets Cancelled. Um, Krusty Gets Cancelled. Honestly, I really like this episode, but I don't think it's better than Krusty Gets Cancelled. I really like Krusty Gets Cancelled just because of the, the eclecticness of the episode. How about Homer's Barbershop Quartet? Ooh, it's not quite that good now. Then we got Bart Gets Enough. It's right below that. Uh, I think it's ahead of that by a hair, but it's, it's it's not really pushing me to go much further than that. So you think it's better than Bart Gets Enough, but right below Homer's, Homer's Barbershop Quartet? I think so, yes. Hmm. I think I agree with you. I think that's good. I think it's a good spot for it, which is number 54 on our list. Frankly, Bart Gets Enough does have a lot of emotional stuff in it, too. Yeah, that's I true. I think it just suffers from early Simpsons jank. So I think if, I think if it didn't have that in there, it'd probably be another probably 20 spots higher on our list. So Bart Gets Enough is at 55. Homer's Barbershop Quartet, 53. Right between it, number 54, is Grade School Confidential. Uh, number one on our list is still Cape Fear. And last on our list is Homer's Odyssey at 162. Um, still got uh, some great episodes coming up matt what's our next episode Ooh, let me check our next episode is oh man it's got a long way to to go uh oh goodness oh goodness it's the canine mutiny laddie comes at last laddie yeah <laughs> two two guest starring dogs in the season well yeah because dogs are awesome one's a really cool dog when there's somebody one, else and one's is not a good one's a very bad dog well yeah poochie's great laddie's terrible is what i'm saying yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds right. I mean, I don't even know if you can count Poochie as a real dog. He's a dog. 
What is it? They, I mean, he's explicitly a dog. Yeah, but he's an anthropomorphic dog. So Goofy's not real? He's not a dog. Goofy is to a dog. Goofy is a humanoid dog. It's not something as a dog dog. He's a dog and Pluto's a dog. They're both dogs. Just because well, one talks and the other one doesn't doesn't mean they're not both dogs. Well, there goes is, the is, intelligence difference. What is Donald? I mean, technically he's an anthropomorphic duck, I guess. You, he's Donald Duck. He's not Donald the anthropomorphic duck. He's a duck. Well, he should be. I, we'd have a... The entire Disney library would be very confusing, man, if we had to throw anthropomorphic in front of everything that talks. <laughs> True. But we'll be talking about dogs and other... And I, I, we may talk about Goofy. I don't know. Next week for the Canine Mutiny. Um, but yeah, I think that'll uh, do it for this week. Before we go, you can find me on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Simple. Uh, I have a newsletter, tinyletter.com slash Robbie Dorman. You can read the archive and subscribe there once a week. No spam. Promise. Check out my other podcasts, The Handsome Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books and the serial fanaticist about lots of things. The last episode is, is starring old Mr. Matt Ham himself. We're talking about the second book in Harry Potter. I think I enjoyed our discussion. Can't wait to the next one. Yeah, me too. Um, Matt does not participate. In social media, unless you're certain of Patreon backer, you will not find him. That's true. However, uh, I have decided to uh, mimic the documentary Flatliners and attempt to see what is beyond the veil of death. So if you do the same and leave some messages with the ghosts that are there, I'll pick it up next time I'm down. It's it's not a it's not a not not a documentary, man. Oh, pish posh. They wouldn't make a, a a movie about that. That's crazy. It's not interesting at all. It's it's that's why it's a documentary. They're remaking. They're actually remaking that movie. I know. It's why I went with this. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And I keep watching this episode. Shh.